Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? It is Jared from the Corner Booth Podcast. Big show today. It is officially Super Bowl week, the greatest time of the year. I think it rivals or beats Christmas. We've got quarterbacks on the move, quarterbacks not being on the move, quarterbacks staying put. Uh, We've got a race between two of the fast receivers in football, video game news, trades. It's going to be a crazy show. Uh, Kev and the intern Samir join me as well, so it's going to be a fun time. Uh, Let's get right to it. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cornwood Podcast. I am your amazing, fearless host, Mr. Jared Clem, alongside my right-hand man, Mr. Kevin, host of the Tailgate on the Quad Pod. Uh, some big episodes coming, so check that out as well. We are also joined by our intern, Mr. Samir. Uh, by the way, if you haven't checked it out already, follow us on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod or Instagram at Corner Booth Pod and search us on Facebook at Corner Booth. All right, gentlemen, it is Super Bowl week. It is probably, I would say, the most wonderful time of the year. Headlines galore. Even if your team is not in it, it's still entertaining, just all of it. It's just, it's the holiday for football fans. Um, we had big news, and it didn't even involve two of the teams that are in it to start the weekend, and it was crazy. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. Matthew Stafford to a team nobody thought he was going to. The Los Angeles Rams. I, I, Samir, I don't know if you want to look this up quick, but what, was there even were they even on the board for a Vegas odds of where Stafford would land? They gotta be. They gotta be like such a dark horse. They're not even on the board. Because they were I, pretty I, far down. They, I think they were probably probably as far down as like maybe like a Philadelphia or a freaking. Uh, Carolina like there was nobody I, I don't I don't know it's crazy to me this is this deal is ridiculous um multiple multiple first rounders and Jared Goff are shipped out to the Lions who honestly I think I think the Lions didn't do too bad in this deal honestly um no. they they definitely made off with gangbusters this is definitely the boomer bust move in my opinion for Leslie and Sean McVay I think McVeigh and Goff, everyone wants to talk about Wentz and uh, Peterson's relationship, but I think this one might have been rockier. Just nobody talked about it because it was on the West Coast, and the, their organization doesn't have a leak. Oh, the only headline we heard was they might need counseling. 
And two two day two three days later, oh, Goff's gone. So, Kev, I'll open up to you. What was your initial reaction to this trade, man? Because we found it like Saturday night, right? Yeah, I mean, I felt it was a good move for both sides. I feel like the Rams get a quarterback that they want and they feel they can build around now because that that 2016 quarterback class is not looking good. Uh, you got a former first overall pick to replace your first overall pick. I saw something. The Rams gave up six picks to get Goff and then gave up three to get rid of him. So that's just a horrible pick. He's even with a Super Bowl appearance, that's looking like a bust pick. If you're gonna get have nine total picks given up to get this guy and then get rid of him. Uh, I'm not surprised though that McVay wanted him gone because in leaked text messages to teammates, Jared Goff <laughs> said, I would pipe Sean's girlfriend. Oh uh, now they are married. Now uh Sean McVay, I believe, married that woman. But it's just not a good look that your star quarterbacks talk about your coach that way. I mean, Samir, you want to jump in quick? Yeah, I mean, I actually was looking at the odds. I guess people were saying they were in the market. I mean, they were just below the Patriots, which, by the way, hilarious that he was like anybody but the Patriots. I don't know if you guys saw that headline. I but, did. Um, that makes sense, though. I mean, Matt Patricia's back in New England. He probably doesn't want to be yeah. right New England has no weapons. Yeah. It's just like this... The craziest thing to me is also with Goff. I think this is good for Goff because Goff gets a fresh start. Um, with uh, big boy Danny Biceps <laughs> and uh, that that new uh, new look Lions team. I mean, are they gonna have new weapons? Yeah, there. I was talking to a couple guys in Lions of the Prowl. They're thinking Marvin Jones is gone, Galladay's gone, Amendola is gone. They're basically restarting at receiver. Uh, so they might be going to get guys in free agency. You got um and in the draft. So they're going to probably take somebody for receiver at seven now that they have golf. They might try to give golf one more year, honestly, unless like a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson sitting there at seven. Um, but yeah, I honestly like Kev, Kev hit, hit around the head. This is a good win for both teams. The Rams get a gunslinger quarterback. Who's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. Stafford's the clo- Stafford's been basically getting the crap kicked out of him in Detroit since he got drafted. And yes, still has a huge amount of passing numbers and plays a lot of games. Um, and I think having an established running back with Cam Akers, this opens up a whole new box of worms for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, hear me out. The Seattle Seahawks last year made it to the playoffs and lost to a half-handed, literally, Jared Goff and that team. The Rams' defense looked faster, more energized, and more determined. That de- that whole team looked like they're on a mission. And they even put up a fight at least for about a half a quarter against the Packers. But I think the kicker at the end of it was you have the Arizona Cardinals who lost like one of the best players, Chandler Jones, to injury. You have Isaiah Simmons with another year under his belt. You have Buda Baker, arguably one of the top five safeties in the league. You're going to keep getting better on that. That team just keeps improving. Another year with Hop and uh, Kyle Murray and uh, Kingsbury together with the emergence of Drake and Edmonds. They have a good team. And on top of that, you have the the 49ers. If they can even figure out half of what the hell they're doing at quarterback, that defense is better than Seattle's, and that offense will be better than – well, comparable to Seattle's, if not equal. So, to me, this move – and now the Rams add a quarterback who kind of will – has a veteran, I guess, leadership, where I think a lot of – I don't think – I think Goff also never really instilled confidence in his guys. 
I, I just I have I always got that vibe watching their games that like golf ne- really never instilled like a leadership vibe where like a lot of quarterbacks would be Brady, Favre, Rogers, Russell Wilson. They instill like a leadership like they will li- they will listen where is I just I never got that vibe off golf watching Rams games. So I don't know where you're getting that vibe off Rogers. Teammates have come out and said I, he's not. I, good. He's I not OK, good. so Ro- maybe not Rogers, but you get you get my point, though, with Favre, Brady, Peyton Manning. But and also, Matthew you don't Scott. need your quarterback to be a leader to win games. Look I, at the Packers. I mean, look at I mean, that offense, though, honestly, it's a lot of young guys besides Robert Woods. It's a bunch of young guys, the old offensive line. They have a good finally a good franchise level back in Cam Akers, who came on so strong at the end of the year. Arguably one of the arguably like the third best running back in this class. If you would have told me the running backs, by the way, for order of like most productive and like the most and like the top backs that like for I guess even for voting this year for if you were going to do like a Madden overall rating, it'd be Robinson, Taylor, then Acres. I'd look at you like get three heads. I I was sold that Swift was going to be this this monster that everyone needed. He was hurt though, and when he yeah. was on the field, he was very good. Yeah, I mean, who was the other who was the other back? It wasn't Acres. It was Taylor. Uh, Clyde. Clyde Hedrick uh, Lair. He was well, disappointing. Was, Kevin. Ke- off. Yeah, I know. Kevin's sitting there dancing like I wasn't completely wrong. <laughs> Antonio Gibson was good. Yeah, A. Gibbs was good. Also, like Antonio Gibson also proved he was just explosive, which was great, especially Washington yeah. either, offense. I don't know. And Dobbins was really good when he got the ball. Who who was? A.J. Dillon. Yeah, yeah, no. When I love given opportunities, he played very well. Cut so well for such a big back. That's why I love watching. Um, yeah, no, but I don't know, guys. Am I off base here that this Rams trade? I think that one, the Rams, Rams a better team too. I think Seattle's looking at this like we got to fix our defense or and our our offensive play calling or we're screwed. Uh, I think this this trade makes the Seahawks the second best team in the NFC West. I'd say barely, but I would I would I would agree with that in the sense that in le- if Arizona and San Fran don't do jack and just stand pat, yeah, Seattle's the second best team in the NFC West. Uh, I mean, San Francisco with their injuries, if they come back healthy next year, they're the third, and Arizona's still a fourth. With that offseason trade to get DeAndre Hawkins, people expected them to light it up passing. They ranked seventeenth in passing offense. They were middle of the pack. They're not a very good offensive team still. They they were they that off that team it was so strange. Offensively, they would either light you the f up or literally look incompetent for three quarters. It made no sense. And when I watched them play live against you know my Eagles, it was the it was the game against Hurts where Hurts like lit the secondary up. I was in, so impressed because I'm like okay these guys can move the ball, but yet the next drive they go full just incompetent like they can't do anything. And they have they need the running game to get anything going. They were literally relying on Edmonds and Drake to get first down sometimes. I'm like, what is going on? And then Hopkins got hot and it was all over. And now if you give Arizona a workhorse back, look, I love Kenyon Drake. I think he's a very good running back. He broke his arm and still played a national championship game. I'm pretty sure it was Drake. Yeah, it was Drake. Uh so I love Kenyon Drake. Edwards isn't a bad running back, but they need to get, and I'm not saying a guy of this caliber, but like a Derrick Henry, a guy you can give the ball to. 20 times a game, 16 games a year, and he's going to be getting you at least four yards a time pretty much. I got a free agent back who's, uh, you know, not pro- he may not be coming back to to the, the Great White North. Um, Maybe an Aaron Jones? 
definitely fits that bat. He runs hard, runs fast, breaks tackles, can take 20 carries a game. He misses time, though. I mean, with also with three running backs, he doesn't need to be every single damn game. Like, if he misses a game or two, it's not going to kill their offense. Yeah, I think a guy like that would help them out a lot, and that it would change the power structure in the NFC West. Um, I think Seattle's going to feel that Jamal Adams trade for a while now. Uh, it didn't. He played fine, but it didn't work out the way they expected it to. They probably need those first-round picks back. Yeah, they're not. And they're going to regret it because those first-round picks. I mean, I was looking. At, I was. I'm doing my first mock draft in about a week. Um, this this first round is gonna be fun. It's not like last year where it was gonna be a bunch of like no name guys that don't do jack. Like this, like there's this this year there's just so much fun. Like top to bottom, it's not it's not a big O lineman draft. There's like two good tackles and then it's like it kind of teeters off a little bit. But like this is gonna be a fun draft. The speculation is gonna be huge. I'm so sad they said um. Uh, after the senior bowl draft analyst said that Mac Jones isn't going lower or is not going to get past the eighth overall pick. And I'm sad. I wanted him to fall to 15. I don't, I still, I'm seeing Jeremiah and some of these guys still keeping him above. Uh, oh no, Jack Jones played great in the senior bowl, but I'm, you know, who looked not great with Sam Ellinger. <laughs> he didn't look that great this season though. I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold on him. Like at all. One of one of our other shows asked me to watch some tape on him. I watched about maybe like twenty minutes worth of like coaches film on Sam Ellinger. He, you know, he reminds his decision making reminds me of Dwayne Haskins. Just like his his he makes one two and throw, but unlike Haskins, he can run. So, yeah. I think Ellinger is probably a third round reach pick or a fourth or a fifth, or in the Philadelphia Eagles case, a high second round. <laughs> Oh, I'm so mad. Uh, Jalen Hurts would have been a Patriot. He still might be. He's on the market. Listen, you don't – that QB competition, where they said it's a competition, um, you might hear like, uh, oh, Bill, Bill sniffing around. Philly will throw him a second round or just like, Bill, get him out of here. If it takes a sec, eh, it, it depends. On draft night, if Mac Jones is gone and all the receivers are gone, or not even all the receivers, Mac Jones is gone and they go, hey, we'll give you a second for him. I'd be okay with that. I'm not giving a first for Jalen Hurts, and I feel like that's going to be the starting point. I feel second and third that Philly would do that. They would be like, yeah, just give us a second and third. We'll call it a day. Or if Philly gave back a, a third rounder with for the first that you guys offered up. Because the, the thing is, like, I know Philadelphia wants to go receiver first. Like, they want to get Chase Smith. I saw one asininely stupid draft. We reached <laughs> and, and took Kyle Pitts at six. Oh, and I'm man. like, I'm like, you guys are fucking more. This is why the NFL like media is so like saturated pl- my, below the like the high end media level. I tried to understand. I, I, I could see Pitts. Yeah, I see trading back for Pitts, not at six though. You take Chase or Smith. I saw when we take Waddle. I'm like, if we take Waddle at six, I'm just gonna just call it a day. That's like taking. I love Jalen Waddle. And then by not, week nine, you're gonna be jumping for joy. I will, and I will fully admit that. Like, I, I like. Kev, here's the thing: when when I'm wrong about a guy, and he's right, like, I admitted week six I was wrong about Jefferson. I will tell you right now, and I, I'm like, how he's an idiot. But I'm not so. I'm not gonna bury Jalen Rieger yet because every time he caught the ball this year, it was impressive and it was fun to watch. The problem was he didn't get the ball a lot because he was like he had to sit behind Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. 
Um, when he was open, you actually when he actually played, he actually played well. Um, the punt return against Green Bay also just gave me like a ray of hope. No more Eagles talk. But we gotta talk about another quarterback though, because I know Kev's already wanting to rip my head off. Like, shut up about your damn Eagles. Um, pretty much. Deshaun Watson, uh, Nick Cicero came out this weekend and was quoted as saying, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, kind of the quote up in front of me, but why would, why would we trade a player like that? So that begs the question, or we're not going to trade a player like that. Um, either way, same meaning to the question, uh, the statement. All right, let's, let's, we talked about the Watson trade last week. Well, let's just say this doomsday scenario for Deshaun Watson, the Texans don't trade him. What happens next? He'll play. The the the, the fines in the new CBA are, are are too great. I mean, I know he's making a lot of money, but him missing, I think it's like five hundred. I could be wrong, but it's like five hundred thousand for like every practice you miss, or like something around there. It's pretty crazy, and like I don't know if he has the the power, or it's two hundred thousand maybe, but I don't know if I don't think you can hold out for that long and i think they kind of make it they've made sure of it and i don't i think he'll play in, in that case uh he's gonna want to trade i don't know what's gonna happen is he gonna james harden he could do that but I, if they don't keep him there's no logical reason that he can just sit out i don't think like it just works that way um for missing the first day of minicamp, it's a $15,000 fine. <laughs> Jesus. I forgot I jumped the CBA so much. Jeez. <laughs> That's for, like, come on. I looked at the NFL list. Antonio Brown got fined $53,950 for missing two practices in 2019. Uh, 2019, Stefan Diggs was fined $200,000 for missed practices and meetings. Uh, it doesn't say how many he missed. But at the same time, I feel like it has to reach a point where they, however long he steps out, they're going to have to go, we're going to have to look at trading him. Also, he doesn't want to be there. So if I were him, I would just go to practice or pull a Hakeem, Elijah one when he's on the Rockets and unhappy there. Just tell him you're injured. Like, oh, I'm feeling tightness in my hamstring. I can't go today. And, you know what? That, that doesn't put, like, a, a hard diagnosis on it. They say there's nothing wrong. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I know my body, and there's something wrong here. Yeah. And also, Nick Cesario, I like him. I liked him on the Patriots, but he's an idiot. We're no, why would we look to trade to Sean Watson? Um, probably because you can get whatever you ask for after this Matt Stafford deal. Yeah, the market like Howie Roseman, Nick Cesario, and every other quarterback trying to deal a quarter, uh, every other GM trying to deal a quarterback this offseason, looks at that Stafford trade and said, "Thank you, L.A. for just they they're all looking at less see less need like thank you, you overpaid." Because honestly, if I was talking about Stafford, I would have thrown maybe a first and maybe a second rounder next year and Jared Goff. I figured that would have gotten the deal done. Because as much as Jared Goff's stock dropped this year, he's still a top eighteen quarterback like talent wise you get him a new fresh start in a dome where he just gets a drop back and absolutely rip the ball downfield give him a give him a pretty strong running back with swift and uh whoever whoever the hell they pick up for agency i don't know it's like in a good tight end hawkinson i mean 
But this thing with um with Watson now, they're basically sitting there like, all right, guys, four first round picks. Do I hear five, three, seven? I- I'm just waiting for like the most king's ransom here. Like basically, they could rebuild their entire franchise in two and a half years if they just freaking just take the deal. What what they could do is call up. I mean, I think the Bears were the first at uh, the best odds right now. So Miami's out and uh, Jets are Jets are down too. No, they all have odds uh, according to Vegas. I was watching something the other day about it. Uh, Sean Watson trade according to FanDuel. Sean Watson trade odds. Give me something that's not ads and load faster. My God. Um. So according to FanDuel, as of yesterday, it's changed a bit. Jets are plus two thirty. Um. The Texans are plus two sixty. I guess. Um, Panthers. I guess that's what we need to keep them. I guess. But yeah, like, the, the Panthers. Bears, because the Bears are. Yeah, the Bears should be there. I think it's the Bear. They mean the Bears two plus two sixty. Uh, Carolina plus three hundred. Dolphins plus seven. San Francisco plus eight fifty. Denver plus a thousand. And New England tw- plus twelve hundred. So let's say it's the Jets. The Jets have two first this year. They call it the Jets. Uh, who's their GM? Uh, Joe Douglas. Thank you. They call up Joe Douglas. Hey, Joe, we want both firsts this year, a first next year, a second the year after that, a third the year after that, in the blood of your firstborn. And they will get that after the Stafford deal. You know what the thing is also, as much as Watson – like may not like I know like I know it's the Jets are like not an ideal but the Jets also if they can keep one of their you said both first rounders this year you asked for yeah okay so both first rounders this year a second round, you get a second round this year this is still a good receiver class you may have one of the one of the guys maybe um what's his face out of Minnesota whose name I can never remember um he'll probably be there you're gonna have a, is it a couple is it Rashad Bateman it's Rashad Bateman yeah there's a couple other receivers I was looking at the class I mean yes you have the big three up to, up top. Waddle, Chase, and uh, Smith. But then you get into the back end of the first round, early second round, you're going to have guys there. I mean, we saw last year, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool. Um, who's the Ayuk. Ayuk. You know, Ayuk was late first. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah, T. Higgins, Claypool. Even Michael Pittman wasn't a bad receiver. So there's guys there to go along with Mims and Perriman to get Deshaun Watson weapons. I mean, I don't think he's ever had a receiver as – I mean, I guess Will Fuller is fast – but Brashad Perriman is like Scotty Miller, Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson level speed in the open field. So, yeah. I mean, I, and you also have Chris Herndon, who's a, who's a better tight end than he's had in uh, Houston. Well, you yeah, me, Ryan Griffin's a good tight end? Come on. Darren Fells. Oh, my God. You see that clip of Fells in the end zone against the Bears? There's a touchdown right in his lap, and he just looks at it and just bricks off his hands. It was it, pathetic. It, Going back to the draft, though, I mean, Kadarius Tony out of Florida, he lit it up. He made Kyle Trask look like a potential Heisman winner, along yeah. with um, Pitts. But Rondell Moore out of Purdue, another low-key guy. He's rumored to maybe be a first, but it, Jets will still have a high second rounder this year. If he falls out of the first, they're there. I think the thing with um the kid out of uh, Purdue, it's all on his 40 time. That's what they're wondering. If it's stupid high, he's a first-round pick. But if it's, like, average, like, if you— 
I don't know. He's a, he's a smaller guy, right? The kid out of Purdue. Yeah, he's small. He he he's he really looks like Tyree Kill. He's fast, but I don't know so if he's as fast they, as Tyree. They're hoping he pulls a KJ Hamler doesn't show up for the combine. Yeah, he's five nine, one eighty one. Oh yeah, so he honestly he might be like a KJ Hamler where it's just like the guy kind of just sits there and just waits a little bit because he's not running. I think after the DK Metcalf AJ Brown draft, people aren't making that mistake about receivers anymore. Because you basically had two generational talent receivers from the same college team both fall to the second and third rounds, and all the teams who passed on them look like idiots. It wasn't the first receiver off the board that year to kill Harry. No. He, he, no, because he was a late first. Yeah, he was the second, 32nd pick. I, I know he was 32nd pick because I said the Patriots had taken A.J. Brown at 32. But, and, like, the boys over at FTS, for the love of Sunday, thought I was a genius for that pick. I said, yeah, he's the best receiver on the team, but Metcalf has the higher has the has the higher back end. Marquise Brown. Yeah, I forgot about Hollywood. Okay, so yeah, no. Twenty-five. Yeah, the Eagles at thirty-two. So he was the second. Yeah, so because the, the Eagles and the uh, Ravens swapped picks because the Eagles wanted to move for Andre Dillard. Another Howie Howie Mun. Andre Dillard, who has lost his job to a guy who played rugby and was a seventh-round pick, but yet finished in the top ten in PFF for tackles this year. For left tackles. I don't know if to overall. I mean, look, if if you're a rugby player, you have the athleticism. It's just learning football. I mean, he's also six foot eight. The man's a monster. Um we're I'm talking about Jordan Mailata, but um Is that the kid who went to uh Penn State? No. No, where'd he go? Washington. Jordan Mailata. Is it he the kid who's saying the Halo theme? No, that's uh, Dennis Kelly. Okay, I knew it. Or Nate Harpering. It's one of our. It was one of our guards. That's another one. Like the one thing about this year, everyone forget talks about last Eagles point is we had four guys ranked in the top thirty at their, at their, in the offensive line at offensive line by the end of the year, and I was just like, it was Kelsey Herbring, Mylotta, and. Um, uh, Sam Alu. And I'm like, you know, for such a bad offensive line at the beginning of the year, it actually came together when they all started playing at the same time. But, yeah, no. Um, you guys ready to move on to another quarterback headline? Yeah. All right. Atlanta Falcons! They're sure they heard Kev's please, and they told him to F off. Apparently, according to sources, the Falcons intend to keep Julio Jones and Matt Ryan at least for this year, if not longer. So that affects my draft a little bit. I think they may go Patrick Sertan now with the fourth or fifth pick and go get AJ Tyrell some help. So two corners against smoked. Um, that secondary <laughs> is gonna get fucking burnt like bad toast, man. Woo! Um, I, that's what, I don't think they should go for Sertan. I know. I just I that's that would be the most Atlanta of. of I mean, I would love for them to go get Rousseau at, or um Jalen Phillips and trade back because they both gonna be there in the twenties. I want them to take Rousseau. I think Rousseau would be a really good pick there. It would help alleviate some of the pressure on their secondary if they have a guy who can get at the quarterback. Also, Rousseau is like the lankiest pass rusher. He's like, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, he, and he's just like, he looks like the Slender Man chasing after a quarterback. It's hysterical. But, I mean, I watched Rousseau in 2019. I, I basically was pounding my fist to Savannah and Kevin. I said, listen, guys, this kid Rousseau will not will be as close or if not at the same level as Chase Young when this is when the, he gets to the pros. This kid's a freak. 
he had the same amount of sacks as a, as like a, a redshirt sophomore as uh, Chase Young did his senior his junior year, whatever year he came out, uh, declared, but or like one less sack. I don't even know because he had two sacks in the bowl game. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah, no, I I would love to see Rousseau go to Atlanta. I think that's a good pick. I want Jalen Phillips to fall so Philly can get him the second or third pick to replace second or third round to replace uh, Brandon Graham. Because I love Jalen Phillips. That dude's got a motor. Like, when you talk about defensive ends in the draft, I love how Miami's got three out of the top five best. And I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> we have we have Roche, who I think is five. Grousseau is one. And I think Phillips is like three. I don't know. I, th- that was the rankings back like during bowl season. It might have changed now. But um, I love Jalen Phillips, man, on tape. He just, he just has no stop. Which gets him into trouble sometimes, but... Yeah, no. So Atlanta keeping Julio, so disappointing. But I think they really want to see if they can keep Julio and Ridley on the same field and see if they can light just light teams up. But they gotta figure out running back, man. Todd Gurley's not a number one running back. <sighs> man, that he's was a just free a... agent this year, right? Yeah, he's I think he only signed a one year. Deal. Yeah, he's out of there. There's no way they re-sign him. He wasn't even the lead back in the end of the year. It was Brian Hill and Ito Smith. Ito Smith. I'm sorry. Literally greatest name of all time. Hear me out here. Okay. They need a running back. They do. They have the third pick in the second round. Mm. Are you thinking of a certain running back from Clemson? Travis Etienne. Dude, that's like dangerous for that team, man. Because he runs hard and he is a fast motherfucker. Because I think he'll be on the board then because the only running back really hyped as a first-round pick is going to be Najee. I mean, yeah. I even, like, I think the the other guy whose stock helped in the senior bowl was Carter from uh, North Carolina. Oh, That man is Kev's height and is running through dudes at 240 pounds like they're paperweight, man. I just – and he's so shifty and so quick. And they wonder why they lit up number, like, I think it was eight at the time, Miami, for, like, 250 yards each. It's because these guys aren't normal running backs. They're built like they're deep. They're running from Satan. They just are – in the senior bowl, the thing that impressed me the most was this dude. I was like, I couldn't believe he was breaking tackles and cutting back. Yes, it is a senior, the senior bowl, but I always kind of look for certain things. Like, does the kid just run hard and he's got breakaway speed? Yes and yes. Him and Javante Williams, too. Both of those North Carolina backs are solid. I hate them both dearly. I hope to God they get a Chase Young fa- a Chase Young shoulder pad to the face. Um, also, Sam Howell, I cannot wait for you to get tattooed by um, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, J- Johnson, the new run- defensive end we just got. UNC's running back coach this year, man. That dude was something else. He put together. Some well, they, they were good. Even they were really good last year, but it was just the the combination this year, man. Whew. Yeah, dude, that that running back coach, Sam Howell's fucked. <laughs> oh yeah, he's so great. He's so yeah. screwed. Cause you know, cause North Carolina, what what, what crack me up about North Carolina? They look so bad against Texas A&M after they lost their two backs because of the draft. And I just uh, the ACC schedule came out like last week, so of course me and Kev and Cruz will do the the uh, belly up college football takeover down because the three co- shows that caught college football the most are are ours, our three Chicago shows. So why not have three college football shows down there at uh, Atlanta for the Chick Fil A kickoff? Uh, but either way, I was uh, 
where did I go with this point? Oh no, yeah, no. Sam Howell. I saw October. October, I think it was like 14th or whatever. Miami uh, is at UNC, and Miami is going to be just like, okay, we're going to kill number 10 or whatever number he is. He's got a big old red X in the back of his forehead. So, this can be. Do you guys want to know why I love Robert Glepsey so much? Or Glepsey? Uh, UNC's running backs coach last year. Yeah. Charles Huff, Alabama's running back coach, took the head coaching job at Marshall. And apparently Nick Saban was calling, like, the school administration, the West Virginia governor and legislature to get this man the job. And um, so we just hired Robert Glepsey. Gillespie. Gillespie. Oh, that's he's, he's Alabama now. Yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical. Because we need help with our running backs. You know, we don't put out – we don't have good running backs ever. No, terrible. You know the running game never works. Not for no, Alabama, no. Not at all. It has, they haven't been, like, elite since, like, Har- um, Henry was there. All right, so you guys ready to finally talk the big game on uh, – Wait, wait, I want to address that comment. They what? haven't been elite since Henry was there. I mean, like, I'm talking about haven't had a Heisman winner since Henry. At yeah, but back. when does a running back win the Heisman? The what? the running backs that win the Heisman. Who's Miami's last Heisman winner at all? Uh, Gina Toretto. <laughs> exactly. When was the last Doak Award winner? I think either Frank or Clinton Portis. You know who Alabama's last Doak Award winner was? Najee Harris. Yeah. I honestly thought Najee should have been in the Heisman conversation. Alabama's running game hasn't been as good since Henry left. Well, I'm he saying – okay, well, you've got to realize what – I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that Henry was like a superhuman freak of nature. Najee Harris had an incredible season. I think he should have been in the Heisman finals conversation, not Sunshine, because his effort against uh, Ohio State was, um, how do we say, uh, shitty. Um, But I, I, I don't know. I just – I. I think that the Gillespie's a good pickup. I mean, because Harris, like, if the running back coaching wasn't great and Najee Harris still was elite, then that's it was a good season. Kevin, man, you jumped on my throat about that. That comment was not <laughs> meant to wrong. Down. I wasn't wrong. I wasn't saying <laughs> right at running back. I'm just saying Henry was something else. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Patriots quarterback play has not been the same since Tom Brady left. You know like, what? You know, the U hasn't been the same since they lost all those that generational talent in the early 2000s because they were all first round draft. Like, you're going to say it's not a good running game. It's not as good I, at I, the I use generational talent. Oh, my God. You used <laughs> the wrong words. You're jumping on my throat about this. Alabama said great running backs. They just produced them like a damn factory. Thank you. That's the, that's the take I was looking for. Have they been as good as Henry? No, but Jerick Henry was one like one of the greatest running backs in college history. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. He put the team on his back and led them to a national championship with Jake Coker. Also, I love Jake Coker. I do you want to hear a take? Sure. This is a take on Gump Twitter too. Um Joe Burrow is Jake Coker in a pass first offense. <laughs> Shit. That's my favorite take, and I, I 100% support that take. Oh, I don't know if I support that. I mean, Jay Coker was an atrocious quarterback, but Joe Burrow, man, that kid's different. He's really not. <laughs> but you hey, also, how the team do in 2018? 
He was their quarterback. Surely they rattled off these record-breaking performances because he's such a good quarterback. Lord. Yep. Okay. It got me there. No Joe Brady. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I love how his name got tossed around, by the way, for all his head coaching jobs and nobody threw him a bone. Where is he now? Still the OC at uh, Carolina. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Carolina wasn't great this year. It kind of makes sense, I guess. He was like the Vegas favorite to get the job in Philly, and I'm like, wait a minute. The dude's like 31, and he's barely even – he was a passing coordinator in college. Like, can we pump the brakes a little bit, please? And then he would have won you guys the division, and you would have been like, yes, I love Joe Brady. No, listen, <laughs> I, I want multiple division wins because Chip Kelly sucked me with that one division win and then sucked. He Sanchez his way into a first run uh, to a no playoff victory. How do you miss the playoffs at 10-6? and six? Oh, wait, Chip Kelly found a way. <laughs> How do you miss the playoffs at 11-5? and five? The NFL <laughs> tiebreakers are bullshit. Yeah, 2008 Patriots went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. I think that makes Bill Belichick the GOAT of coaches. You know, that's uh, super – oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And then we missed the playoffs. Yeah, um, my 9-6-1 Eagles were one Larry Fitzgerald st- stumble recovery away from taking on the Jets instead of the Steelers, who were literally a bad play call. <laughs> we could have had an Eagles-Jets Super Bowl in, 28, in 2008, man. I just thought about that today. Well, I was talking to my coworker. He's a Jets fan. It's so stupid. I know. Because <laughs> you have – I mean, the, the problem is, though, like, everyone talks about that, that those final four teams. If Arizona – like, that Pittsburgh team was not that good. They won because they had a lucky – they had a really good play from James Harrison. But that defense was old. They had – I think that was, like, Palomalu. They had Palomalu. But their corners were, like, okay, and their linebackers were old. And Big Ben lucked out because Santonio Holmes made a one in a million God breathing down on you catch. Oh, I hate the Steelers. I hated that play. And you know what the worst <sighs> part is? I, I was talking to a couple of guys who uh, I was talking to a, a couple of, uh, you know, older football fans. And they're like, dude, that 2008 Eagles team got hot. And honestly, if it wasn't for Fitzgerald, they would have steamrolled Pittsburgh. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Because that was the Deshaun Jackson, Brian Westbrook offense when basically Philadelphia could snap their fingers and score two plays. How old was James Harrison in that Super Bowl? 34, I think. I just remember watching Debo run down the sideline, look like just looking like a tank with legs. Yeah. You want to talk no, about I mean, 34? He, I, I thought he was 34. How late did he play? With, he played with New England up until he like. Played six, until, yeah, he played until like 2016, so he must have been like maybe early 30s at that point. Yeah. So yeah. 2009. All right. We just saw one thing. How about the the biggest quarterback drop off of all time? Uh, Donovan McNabb went from being in like a, <laughs> a a perennial top ten level quarterback to just being an absolute bum by the second. Like he got benched, I think, in the fifth game of the season when he played for Washington. Or set, whenever whenever Philadelphia came in and just smacked the daylights at him with Michael Vick. That was a fall from grace. Was he injured? Did he ever get injured? No, he never had injured with Washington. He just sucked. Yeah. The loss of Andy Reid killed that guy's career. He was 31, by the way, in 2000. Okay. He was just... Uh, 
And then he played in the 2017 season. Oh, that's right. Did he play in the Super Bowl against us? Yeah. That's right. I, that, that 2017 Super Bowl is just a blur to me because it was just a, a, a rush of emotions, nervous drinking, nervous eating, and me like literally sitting there on the edge of my seat twitching. <laughs> oh, man. James Harrison, he's retired. He's retired twice, apparently. Yeah. No, I actually knew that because he, uh, reti- he came back out of retirement to play with you guys. No, he came out of retirement to play for the Steelers. Oh, okay. So let's do it again. He retired after the 2013 season, uh, then returned to play for the Steelers, and then played with them for four years, and then went to New England. And his Instagram post about retirement, I've missed way too much for way too long. I'm done. (laughs) Great retirement post. Yo, y'all remember, like, Joey Porter from, like, those old Steelers teams? I don't. yeah, oh yeah, for Samaria, you were a damn baby. I'm six Joey, years imagine old. he was a bigger, he was a bigger, faster, but less talented uh, James Harrison. No, Ooh. he wasn't bigger, but he was faster. He was, he was like one of Pittsburgh's like earlier like three, four edge rushers. Wow. And you know what? How come when we're talking about now that we're on the subject of the Super Bowl, like that? That one third down and then that insane, incredible catch from Santonio Holmes were probably the two greatest plays in Ben Roethlisberger's, Roethlisberger's Super Bowl career. And people are really give him credit, a little too much credit for those Super Bowls. The first one against Seattle, he had like a like a 60 passer rating. It was so fucking, it was fucking rigged. Everyone, everyone like that's the running theory that. And you know what? I've I've looked back at that calls that game now because it was on NFL Network and I've watched the game live. Some of those calls were bullshit. There were a couple of holding calls that were just like in like offside. It was like, what? How are the like? I, I don't know. Yeah, I go back. NFL, um, NFL Network always runs reruns of the Super Bowls. Go back and watch Super Bowl thirty nine, I believe. Uh, yeah, thirty. No, that was Super Bowl forty, right, Kev? Because thirty nine was Philly. Forty. It was forty because Philly was Super. Uh, Philly, New England was thirty nine. Yeah. But yeah, no, that game has been like widely considered as being like like rigged. Because there was the like the Seattle Seahawks had like the best offense to lead that year and they got steamrolled. It didn't the, the score was a little lying. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers were pulling out trick plays, guys were getting decked. It just didn't look like a fair game. I don't know. I just Big Ben's career has definitely been like very extremely overrated. Yeah, some guy okay. I had an argument with a Steelers fan. He firmly believed that Ben was better than Eli Manning and I and I could not stand for it. I could not stand for it. Uh, I mean, okay. He came he came at me and he said statistically he's better. All right, statistically he's better. He also has generational uh, wide receivers for like more than half of his career. He's had a Pro Bowl or rec- at receiver his every year of his entire career. Or like a Pro Bowl talent every well, year of his career. Of him though, is he making receivers look better? No. no. Regular season, give me Ben Roethlisberger. But in the sure, playoffs, like six, once yeah. January rolls rolls around, <laughs> nobody beats Opie, man. Give me Eli. <laughs> nobody beats Opie Every in the playoffs. Day of the week. And, unless you're the boat crew, nobody beats Eli in the playoffs. <sighs> man, that and, you ever think that that boat would ever just destroy your entire teams, like your entire franchise, in like one like after? Oh man, I saw that goddamn picture and I was like, this is not gonna be good. This is not the per- this is not the New York Giants. If the, if the New York Giants do something flashy like that, that's how you know the fucking tank's going down. 
we are blue collar. We're hardworking. We don't get on goddamn boats in the before our playoff game. We're practicing. Yeah, we're watching film. I remember watching that game, and I just remember when Rodgers hit the hail mary right before halftime. I was like, yeah, they're they're done. They're done. And then oh, then what the next day getting watching Dallas getting next week getting creamed by Green Bay. Green Bay just did everything that I needed them to do because watching the two teams I despise the most, the MCs, go to the playoffs was just painstaking enough. But then watching Aaron Rodgers, a guy who I didn't like honestly until I heard him on McAfee, and I thought he was actually kind of hysterical. Um, but like watching the Packers just steamroll both teams, or not steam, they didn't steamroll the Packers, but they they beat them. That Jared Cook catch, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was incredible, but that was just such a fun playoff to watch. And then watch Atlanta roll <laughs> run. That that was the first NFL playoff championship game besides this week where I've actually turned it off because I watched um the oh, AFC. Oh yeah, title. that was a blowout. I watched the AFC title game. That was a crazy game. But then I watched Atlanta railroad. <laughs> The freaking Packers. I remember watching Julio run in for the second time. Like, oh my God, Atlanta is so damn good. Are we about to see a Falcon Super Bowl win? What is happening? And then, you know, 28 to 3. Because Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan are terrified of of winning. I think it's just a curse to City Atlanta, man. Because then Kev's Crimson Tide came in and just toed it up. Yeah, but then they they did win uh, Atlanta FC or Atlanta United won an MLS championship. Mm-hmm. Also, can, can we just talk about something real quick? Yeah. Uh, it's about Super Bowl 40. The people who are critical of officiating calls, Boomer Esiason, Steve <laughs> Rabel, and Tom Curran. Tom Curran does uh, New England stuff now. Uh, he's on Comcast Sports in New England. Steve Rabel played for the Seahawks, so we're not going to count him. We're all critical of officiating. But then the people who are defending it, Heinz Ward, Ed Bouchette, Bill Hillgrove, Dick LeBeau, and Howard Balzer all oh, defended great. it. Out of oh, all oh. of them, except Balzer, they have direct ties either playing for, covering oh, the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. LeBeau also is a defensive coordinator that year, too. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to defend it. I don't know about Balzer if he – Worked in Philly at the time. I haven't found anything about it. You know, that that game was just... But... It looks so sus, and it's just not even funny. The the rep who made the calls even said, like, at the time I thought I was doing a good job, but those calls are going to live with me for the rest of my life. They keep me up at night. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So he knows he messed up. So some quick Super Bowl headlines. Pretty light week to start the week in the and for Super Bowl. Uh, was it 55? We're on to now Super Bowl 55. Yep. Um, so far pretty slow week headline wise. Uh, first one. Uh, if Lashawn McCoy, if the Buccaneers win on Sunday, Lashawn McCoy is very likely to retire. I'll be wearing a shady jersey on Sunday. That's my dude. He's one of my first. Like every every guy has that one player who got traded away that he still hasn't recovered from. Lashawn McCoy is that guy for me. I sign him in literally every Madden franchise as a third string running back just to have him on my team. I win a Super Bowl because I feel that horrible. He never got a ring in Philly. He's the set one that hurts the second most behind um, Sean Jackson and then uh, Brian Dawkins. Um, fucking McNabb. All right, then <laughs> fucking Quentin Dempster. Um, two of them. 
then uh, the other headline is this is the one that's actually been kind of getting headlines a little bit was Scotty Miller of uh, smoking Kevin King's rear end fame on that um, beautiful last second throw by Brady. But Scotty Miller thinks he could beat Tyreek Hill in a race. Now, gentlemen, these are probably arguably like two of the faster guys in the league. Watching Scotty Miller run in a game, I think there's a chance, but and I would love to see it happen, but I just don't think anybody's faster than Tyreek Hill. Nobody can beat Tyreek Hill, right? No. I, I think there's a list of guys who can keep it close to Tyreek Hill. I think Brashad Perriman could keep it close. I think Henry Ruggs could keep it close. I think Jalen Waddle could mm-hmm. keep it close. Marquise Next good. year in the league. Marquise Goodwin, too. Marquise Goodwin could. Um, Scotty Miller is not on there. I don't think he, I, I think Tyreek Hill would win comfortably. And I'm not saying Tyreek Hill could jog it, but I, I don't think there's going to be a concern on Tyreek's part if they race. In terms of speed, I would put Scotty Miller definitely in the top 15 for fastest receivers in the league, but I don't know if he's cracking the top five because those top five guys are just burners. Like everyone's like, oh, well, everyone was, I, I, you know, what's so funny. Like, you know, everyone like poo-pooed like when Marquis Goodwin opt out or some of these other receivers, like, Guys, game-breaking speed is just something different, man. And if you have a quarterback who could even pull within 10 yards of the guy, it's just – it's a different breed. I think the problem also is, like, top 15 versus top 5 speed, there's so much – there's a big gap between, like, top 2, the rest of the top 5, and then between top 5, the rest of the top 10, and then top 10, the rest of the top 15. There's so many gaps at those levels. So who is the second fastest receiver in the league, then? Um, I I would probably have to go Brashad Perriman. I think. I, I I would think Perriman. But I'm also heavily biased because I remember in college, my freshman year, me and my buddy would get in my dorm room, get drunk, and then play Madden, a Madden franchise. He hated playing Madden, but we just get drunk and I'd play. I had Brett Hundley at quarterback and Brashad oh, Perriman, <laughs> and we throw for like 60 touchdowns of the season. And Perriman would catch like 35 because he was just so fast. I know. Um, I would say, you know what's so funny? I would love to see Time Machine, like, 2010 Deshaun Jackson versus 2000, like, na- 2021 Tyreek Hill. I wanted to still want to see the two of them freaking race. Cause- uh, I would put my money on Tyreek Hill, but I would put my money on whatever the spread was, I'd put my money on Deshaun to cover it. I would say if it's, like, a straight ahead. Ty- Tyreek's speed, I feel half of it is because his legs move so fast. Or Deshaun was such a long strider for such a short guy. So I honestly I think it would be it would come down to within a yard between Deshaun and uh Tyreek. Like prime Deshaun Jackson like two thousand ten. Even Deshaun now is a top twenty speed receiver. Like just overall full, like speed, I would put him in the top twenty still. Just yeah, but I mean, f- long striders for a straight up sprint can actually hurt you. Cause if you're close at the very end, Tyreek Hill can get more steps in a long stride. You that's your speed. You yeah. can't really kick it up a gear. I would love this. Stride. We also forgot about one name too, who's just stupid fast. Is John Rouse? Oh yeah. He, he may be a garbage receiver at least right now. Oh, he's another receiver is gonna be on the move this free agency. I would love to see where he goes because I feel like he got a raw deal in Cincy. Because he played four, he had four or five games last year where he actually was catching a lot of balls and was doing well. Yeah, he just kept getting hurt. That was yeah. kind of the main issue. And then they just kind of found a safer replacement with Boyd. And I guess, well, A.J. Green was gone, but then they got a T. T. Higgins, yeah. All right. Um. All right, so I moving guess, on. 
They got to start doing those at halftime. They got to start doing their races at halftime. How about yeah, that? No, Bring them out. It's the Super Bowl. What the hell? Like after the weekend performs, like you literally have the two of them as a warm up, come out and race, do a 40 or do a 50 yard race. That's it for charity. You can't do it this year, but like added to the NFL skills competition, the Pro Bowl, they brought it back a couple years ago. It was great. I want them to bring back all the classic ones, like the longest Wait, throw. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, my that God. Was, those videos of Harv watch throwing that shit was yeah. incredible. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh or yeah, Jim Harbaugh's slinging one. And then you also had the uh, the mobile, like the passing challenge, one where Carson Palmer ate shit. Yeah, on I saw it. Oh, yeah. the, the little <laughs> tackle dummy thing. Uh, add a 40 yard dash to it and bring the damn thing back to Hawaii. Enough is enough. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to be in Orlando. I have my buddy, one of my closest friends, his little brother just moved back here from Orlando. <laughs> there, there is one reason why putting it in Orlando makes sense. Disney. That's it. That's the only reason. Yeah. But even Disney's lame as hell now. Well, I meant more of like the players with young kids. Yeah, I know. But Hawaii is just a different animal, man. It's just incredible. I can't wait to go. I'm hopefully going uh, a year or two. It's one of the things I'm saving up for. So vacation to Hawaii. All right. Uh, the other big trade over the weekend was a baseball trade. Uh, Nolan Arnato heading to the Cardinals. The most loaded infield in baseball, or one of the most loaded. You have Goldschmidt on one corner and Arnott on the other. You have Colton Wong at second. I mean, who cares who their third shortstop is? They're still going to smoke it. That, oh, my God. Carpenter, Carpenter, maybe? Carpenter's still around? That deal is not official yet, by the way. Not official? Oh No, they made it official, I think, yesterday. Uh, yeah, the team's announced it, but the, NF- the MLB has to approve it. And with yeah, all no. the deferred money Arenado's putting in, the MLBPA has to approve it as well. Oh, yeah. I but think they, they had a press conference for him, I think, today. Okay, then maybe they announced it. They approved it recently, but I think that's so stupid that the MLBPA I, – I hate it that different players' associations have to approve a play. Like, if the player agrees to put in deferred money, the, the players' association shouldn't get involved. The man just wants his damn freedom. Like, let him let him go, man. Like, mm-hmm. nobody wants to play in Colorado. I'm waiting for Trevor Story to get dealt this offseason. Also, I, I think this actually might – it's put them in the top five of the Rockies' worst-run organizations in sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, Dick, Dick Monfort, uh, one of the owners, it was Nolan's choice he wanted to move on. And then Jared Carabas – Stay hot, Rocket. Put tweeted shit move trying to throw Nolan under the bus with the fans after the fact. You wanted to move on because you tried to shop him to other teams immediately after you signed him to an extension and assured him you wanted to build a winning culture around him in Colorado. There's not a winning culture in Colorado except if it's the rock, the the rock, the Denver Broncos or the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, and then on top of that, another report came out about uh, the. Rockies, Dick Monfort, again, should just shut his mouth. In hindsight, I wish we could have kept DJ. Uh, yeah, DJ I saw that. Dave. I wish we could redo that. Reportedly, the Rockies never even re- approached him the year he signed with the Yankees. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that Ardenado has been the best, or the arguably the best or second best third baseman in baseball for years. And He's he the best, the, I think. He was the guy keeping that franchise afloat. 
How much, hey, Kev? How long do you think until Colorado finally moves on and like the Rockies tra- tra- change cities? Um, I'm not sure if ever because I don't know if the Monforts are gonna wanna sell. And if they don't sell, I doubt they're gonna move. Hey, Sabin. Nope, that's my beer. I say. Um, but uh, he, the craziest thing is, is that because next year the Giants found a stud in Yastrzemski. The Diamondbacks, I guarantee, will not be as bad as they were this year. There's no way in hell they're going to be that bad again. And then you have the two most loaded teams in baseball, the Padres and Dodgers, at the top of the division. The Cardinals are, I mean, the Rockies are officially more boned than any other team in sports. That division is going to be a just dumpster fire to them. They're going to get massacred every game. <laughs> oh, my I have no, but Charlie Blackman is getting old now, too. Man. Yeah. Hey, what hey a- Jared, we're going to play your favorite segment. Oh, God, no. Spell Yastrzemski. <laughs> Y-A-Z. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> no. It's Y-A-S, isn't it? Y-A-S. T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I. I hated this segment. That's why we canceled it. <laughs> and yeah, no shit, Yastrzemski is a good player. He comes from good blood. My dad's favorite player as a kid was Carl, so. That's such a, Have you ever heard that song? No. Uh, I think it's old enough. I don't think we're going to hit for a copyright strike. What song is this? Have you ever seen... um? Let's just play it off air. Yo, have you ever seen Fever Pitch? Not in a very long time. I hate. I need to spend money on uh, YouTube Premium, but it's the greatest song. Nobody ever. Nah, you don't need to. I don't think you need to. I only need it for content purposes. What in the actual hell are we listening to? Alright. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Alright. Uh, moving on. MLB The Show. Quick uh, video game updates before Kevin goes on a rampage, because I, I want to go on a rampage, too. I'm excited about this headline. But a uh, cool headline yesterday. MLB The Show's cover came out. Tatis Jr. is on the cover, deservingly so. Arguably the best player in baseball. in the face of baseball right now, which is kind of cool. Um, I love seeing baseball the fun yeah. face of the game again. He's not Mike Trout. Mike Trout's yeah, still Mike, there. But who is Mike Trout? You don't hear from him. He's yeah, on the soft pretzels. He, he likes soft pretzels. That's what we know. I think um, Tatis is going to be the face of baseball in the next three years because Mike Trout doesn't talk. No one knows who he is. Doesn't. Except for Eagles fans and, and um, what's it called? And um, Angels fans. That's the only people who know who he is because Mike Trout's at every damn game. I guarantee if you – and it's – I feel like Tatis is probably the same, but for how good Mike Trout is, for how many MVPs he, he's won, if you went to a random town outside the supermarket holding up a picture of Mike Trout, not in a uniform or anything, said, who is this man? No one would know. They probably think he's like a backup linebacker for some football team. Yeah, it, baseball sucks. Also, best <laughs> take I saw on Twitter today was someone who tweeted about it. I'm not – it wasn't someone I followed. It was someone retweeted or liked or replied, but – I'm not going to get mad about the cover of a video game, 
But what has Tatis done to get on the cover? He shouldn't be on it. This is ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, shut up. He's bad for the game. He broke the unwritten rules. That Grand Slam made me was like the, so cool. Oh, like man. I, they're the only team in any division of any sport that I root for. I root for the Padres because I've always like been a fan of players they've had. Yeah, they beat the crap out of my Diamondbacks half the time, but I've always had fun players. I despise the LA Dodgers more than any other team except for the Dallas Cowboys and the Florida State Seminoles. Or whoever the hell was at the top of my oh North Carolina Tar Heel football. Whoever the hell was at the top of my hate 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 list by the end of the season. But I you know what the Padres are just fun, man. And I was kind of hoping they made it into the playoffs and made it a little farther. It's just like, you know, it stunk. Another team I always love seeing teams that you don't expect in the playoffs getting in because it's kind of just fun seeing new faces. Yeah, I kind of like the Rays deep run, but then they, but then I didn't. Then I didn't when they beat us. Like I, I was the like biggest. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. I was the biggest like. <laughs> I'm still so sad. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no. Oh my god! Like... I went on. I went on like a. I went on like a, an hour long just like sad fest. I was just thinking about all the times I've had pain from my sports teams. I was thinking about to that wild card game in 2016, OBJ dropping all those passes in the past, like four or five years with the Yankees. Just, just, just not making cr- the fast eight months for Cruz, man. Kevin Cash makes the dumbest play call of all time, pulling Blake Snell out the dumbest managerial decision. And then you have the saints who are the biggest, they are, they're, they're a bigger choker in the playoffs. They're, this they're this decade's Cowboys. Seriously, I was I saw a graphic the other day. They've had like five or six 11 plus seasons in the decade of the 2010s, and they have one like advancement to the NFC title game. One. No, I don't know. they haven't even got one. No, they haven't. They haven't even made the NFC title game this decade. What the hell? In a long time, they have not been there in a long time. They find. No, no, they did. They made it the year against the Rams. Never mind. Sorry. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And they have just found the most hilarious ways to lose. And everyone wants to blame the kill Robbie Coleman. Yeah, they put some inside the goal line. But they had another shot to win, but they were too busy being crybabies to punch the ball, and they were still on the goal line. Yeah, Drew Brees threw a pick in overtime. Yeah. Hey, uh, Samir, by the way, if you ever say 27 rings to me, I'm going to make you cry. Yeah, that's he's not gonna, my that's not my forte. Smack your glasses sideways. No, I'm realistic. I know like 13 of those championships are not real. I I that's okay. I don't really like that's not that's not my thing, man. I'm a cool Yankees fan. I'm one of those ones. That exists. Okay, first off, those don't exist. I was gonna yeah, say they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Come on. Um, Less well, annoying is a term you're looking for. Yeah, you're not annoying. Uh, I hate Yankees. It's like 27 rings. All right, congrats. You have the highest payroll in baseball and you haven't won a ring in over a decade got it i was a freshman in high school i feel bad for you samir i i mean i that 2009 run was one of the best times of my life my childhood i was riding high i was singing jay-z my my dad was making fun of me because he was like you have a crush on alicia keys i was like no i don't i just like the yankees Uh, who didn't as a kid man alicia keys is like i still think she's gorgeous have you guys seen the the uh liz 
uh, video from Barstool? Uh oh, the one where she's like twenty eighteen. Yeah, when the Red Sox beat him. Red That's Sox oh, yeah. he's like, Hey, we have twenty seven rings. I thank God every day that I'm not gonna wake up a goddamn Red Sox fan. Oh, it was so nice to see her cry about Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. It was perfect. Oh my god. Liz is just the funniest person to make fun of on Barstool because she is just she does not. I will respect her for this. She does not give an f about her sports takes when she's pissed. She just fires. And she she also is a good sport about it. Yeah, true. Although I do I do also like uh Frankie. Right after the Red Sox beat them, she was talking about like the Yankees had a better future. Blah blah. And he goes, "You do get that they moved on and we didn't. Like how how are we better off now?" It's like, oh, do I understand that, Frankie? Do I? Oh, boy. Um. All right, Kev. Some amazing news. We've been waiting for this headline for years. 2013 or 2014, whenever the hell Denard Robinson graced the cover. I think it was my sophomore year of college, the last time we were graced this 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 lucky. Others have tried with Doug Flutie's football, which Kev lovingly sampled for belly up. Um. I've played NCAA 08 and 04 to the point of exhaustion. Uh, 2010 as well. I even made my own custom cover with little Michael James on the cover because I was my favorite player at, in 2010. But, yo, guys, NCAA college football playoff, a fo- college football football game is back. Kev, you got more? Yeah. EA college football, it's going to be – they're dropping the NCAA label. Because they circumvented the NCAA to get the rights to team names. They went to a third party that also has those rights and negotiates it for merchandising purposes. So they went around the NCAA. Shout out to EA for doing something slimy EA for the people. Football. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be 2023, 2024. They guess two to three years to get it made. Um, I think also if they just slapped on a college football skin on Madden 21, people would still buy it. But – uh, there are going to be no players as of right now. Once the likenesses legislation all goes through, by the time it comes out, they might be able to. That's That'll be an easy fix. Even if it's like two days before the game's released, they can probably get it out there that's by a roster. That's a roster update. Yeah, it's that's fine, especially if they just do – like the thing they did by the end, like fake players, but it's the real players just with a different name. Um. I'm not shocked as happened. There's been a big movement in the last year and a half, two years since they stopped, but especially lately, bring back college football or bring back EA NCAA football. Um, There was, there's actually a mod that just came out that a lot of YouTubers are playing. Uh, RBT played it a lot. I think Param Crow did too. Two YouTubers I like shout because I like their content. Um, It's NCAA football revamped. It's a mod. It's updated skin packaging thing. Skin packages, updated it looks players. Incredible. It looks uh, awesome. Yeah, the, they've even updated the conferences, like Liberty's in it now. Stuff like that. It looks really cool, so I'm not surprised EA decided to do this. Uh, and, I mean, it, it could see also an EA college basketball comeback, too, at some point. I won't fade my breath for that one, because I honestly don't care. But, like, college that, football. That one that caused the big issue, so I, it's not going to be soon. Because uh, Edward O'Banion's the one who sued them, and that kind of started this whole snowball thing to get rid of the EA College games, or Edward O'Banion. Yeah. But it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. 
Oh no, I'm I'm through the roof excited. I will already buy my co- I will buy my copy the second it becomes available. It'll be for new gen, of course, because you know by by the time this comes out, Xbox One and X and PS4 are going to be like like I've gone the way of the Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah. Um, so I'll definitely buy it then. But I'm definitely getting a, also I'm getting the show April 20th. It comes out for Xbox One. I'm I'm reserving it probably Friday when my paycheck comes in. Ooh, I might have to do that too. I, I'm so excited for the show. Um, but I, that got me thinking: what kind of cover do you guys want to see? Oh, for um the NCAA. Hmm. Yeah. I want to see some kind of special edition cover with all the Heisman winners since 2014. That like, would be cool. I want to. I want to see like you know how like they've been doing all the guys with like Zeke and Mariota, James was all these guys. I want to see them all like almost in like an Avengers Infinity War kind of style cover where they're all on the cover. Or like you could get, or you could reserve a personalized cover for like your team. So like I could get like a Miami Hurricanes one that would have like Derek King, Andre Johnson, because you know King has already been like a legend in Miami's played one year, which is I think is hysterical. But like an Andre Johnson, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Gino Toretto, um, Ken Dorsey, Clinton Portis, um, Al Blade Sr. Funny if him and his son were back to back in that. Um. And, like, just, like, a personalized cover, like, you get, like, there'd be, like, 10, like, it would have a different cover for each team, like, a bigger team. Like, so, like, top 25 program, like, big programs, you'd get, like, a personalized cover if you ordered it, pre-ordered it. Uh, I think what they should do, because that might be a lot, because it's 25 different covers they have to make. But yeah. what they should do, just, you can pre-order select one, because they did it with um 2K13, I think. They had multiple different – they had different covers for different athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Griffin, um, James Harden. No, Griffin – I think it was KD. Griffin, yeah, KD, and Derrick Rose. Yeah. Or was they, that 2012? No, it was 13 because I had 13. had, like, Steph Curry, too, and yeah, a couple James, other guys. James AD, Harden. Yeah, and AD, I think it was yeah. AD. Yeah, I love so that one. 16 was a great They game. should just do that, but with the Heisman winners since they stopped making them. I'm for that. I mean, that, half of them are Alabama players, you know, so who are you going to choose? <laughs> that's a tough one. I'd have to see the cover first. Also, we have like three or four more years of Heisman winners before this comes out. Who knows, Kev? We might get a Miami Hurricanes Heisman. I might be like breaking down the door to get that one reserved. Yeah, I, I don't know who I'd pick, though. That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to pick one since 2014, I'd maybe say like Mariota or... um. Or if, like, let's say like the Eagles draft Devontae Smith, I would pick Smith, obviously. I, I don't know if I would take Smitty or Henry. I think Henry would be cooler. But um, if Mac Jones was on the Smitty cover, too, if they put him in, like, a corner or something, I'd get yeah. that one. I also, I mean, I mean, like, let's just say, like, shits and giggles, my boy, the freshman running back I've been touting for the past, like, got forever for that you, Donald Cheney Jr., gets the Heisman. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely reserving that one. That dude's going to be a freak. Um, All right. Kevin, anything weird before we roll out of here? Um, No. All right. So, Kevin, we'll have something weird for our Friday show right before the Super Bowl. Uh, We are going live on Thursday, of course. Shenanigans will ensue because all four of us will be here. There will be no Sweet Home Alabama or Almond Brothers Parade, we promise. <laughs> Actually, no, Kevin has never promised no Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, I never I never agreed to that. Yeah, no, Kevin never agrees to those terms of service. Also, but look, it's, I, I reset up my room. I got my speaker right here. I know. Where's your green screen, kid? 
Oh, does it does it come with like a stand and everything? Yeah. Okay. See, I was just the schmuck who just like stuck them into his ceiling boards. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. I have like a solid ceiling, but the reason why that's not set up is my room from my wall to my bookshelf over there is about nine feet three inches, and I was an idiot and bought a nine foot green screen. Just in the Cameron. And with a, I mean, it's not an issue. I, I'd rather have it be a little long so that way, if like I move my laptop a little bit, but yeah, with, a, with like an eight month old puppy running around. He's got to lock the door for. Oh. He's got to lock the door for uh, tomorrow's show because we are going. Yeah, we're going live on what show tomorrow? We're going live on Craft Brew Sports. Oh, the, this is going to be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the boys finally are allowing us to come on after weeks of us trying to collab. Oh man, the amount of times that Burlines tried to come on our show, because he's he's the, he's the guy I talked to the most from that from that crew. But you know, like, oh my lord, we've I, they've we've been trying to get Mike on I think four times now, five maybe. So it's gonna be a fun show. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I actually bought extra craft beer for tomorrow. And I probably am not working Thursday, so there is no, no – I'm, I'm not going full Kev in the Samir – in the battle of Amon <laughs> <laughs> versus Leonard Skinner uh, circa 2021. It won't be that bad, but I will probably be raging by the end of it. Yeah, I bought uh, I bought some beer and also some bourbon. And you found the dog. Saban! He's a good boy. He's a big boy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right that about wraps it up for corner booth uh we will catch you all of course friday for our recording live stream thursday and we'll check us out on craft brew sports by the way the best experience of course is checking out on facebook it also is available on twitter as well um i'm jared that's kev that's the intern samir and that is kevin's dog sniffing something on his desk <laughs> we'll catch y'all on thursday man Peace. No, we'll catch us tomorrow on Craft Catch Bruce. us tomorrow. We'll catch the corner booth on Thursday. Pat will be back as well. Hey, guys. Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.